Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land the House and Sinon Studios stand on, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show podcast, Sin's place for all things sex, health, relationships and identity. So, so, so scandalous. Good evening, this is the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. Why are you laughing at me, Amaret? Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> uh, we have a jam-packed show for you tonight, all about virginity um, tonight. We have Erin, Jay, Amaret, and Paul in the studio, so Hello. it's a full house. Yes. Should be fun. It's going off. We're going to be talking all about virginity. We're going to be talking about what it means, whether it's real. Does it exist? Is it fake? Is it fake? Who knows? We'll find <laughs> out. Um, my name's Jay. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. Um, I'm a white person living on stolen land. I identify as non-binary, and I'm a bisexual person in a relationship with two very beautiful people. Amazing. My name is Erin. Um, I am 19 years old. I am a cis bisexual girl and I'm in a relationship. Um, hey, Paul. Your oh, turn. hi. Hello. Uh, I'm <laughs> Paul. in a relationship with Paul who's here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 20 years old as well. My sexuality is whatever and I'm in a relationship with Erin. Hey. Hi. We're Hello. really <laughs> glad that the people in a relationship didn't say they were single because that would have been, yeah, been incredibly awkward. awkward. We could have done a whole episode just on that, though. Like, yeah, for sure. That would have been some great content. Drama. Paul and Aaron's live breakup. Just like a live breakup, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. That's fine. The other voice that you can hear in the studio today is Amaret. Yes, yeah, so that would be me. I'm 25. I almost, I don't know, every time that I do my intros, I'm like, how old am I again? Yeah, 20, 25. 25. That's, that's right. So close to sin death, it's scary. Oh, boy. Oh. I'm a little, and um, I'm currently single, and I'm bi. So if you've got questions for the bi people in the room today, we're all here. Yeah, we're basically, yeah, basically all here. We're yeah, crew here. It's just everyone, all, so, yeah. all the bi people. Nice. We've got a huge show, but if you do want to ask us a question about being bi or anything else, you can send it into the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com slash ask. Nice. And if you want to have a chat, just in general, you can chat to us on Twitter at Naughty Rude. So first up, uh, we got a bit of a tune for you. It is Virgins by Death From Above, 1979. This is Naughty Rude. That song was Private Affair by The Virgins. And before that was another Virgin-related pun here, Virgins by Death From Above, 1979. This is The Naughty Rude Show. Um, I'm Erin. And I'm here with Jay, Amaret, and Paul. And tonight we're talking about virginity. Oh, scary virginity. Is it really a virginity pun if it's just like the name of the song? Well, it's a play on words. It's a pl- that's a good one. Yeah. Play on words. There's it's it's word related play. content. We love content that relates. Hashtag Synergy. content. Hashtag <laughs> content. Virginity, does it exist? Just Let's just go around. Around the table. <laughs> let's, let's just start. Just all some right. initial Thanks. thoughts. Getting all the thoughts. Yeah. First, okay, my f- initial uh, comment is no. Yeah. But that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave that. And we're going to debunk that as, as these two hours unroll. Yeah. I guess there's like a before <laughs> you have sex and an after you have sex. And maybe it's useful to have some words to talk about that. But it's a lot more than that. For sure. Yeah. We got a clip. We do. We got a clip um, just to kick things off. We're going to be talking 
a little bit about some of the things raised in this clip, and it's a bit of a myth-busting thing from True TV, Adam Ruins Everything series, and this specific episode is The Truth About Hymens and Sex. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about hymens because that's always fun. My Love favorite. talking about hymens. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and then we're going to be talking about virginity as a concept and how that plays out in society as well. Just a bit of a warning. Um, in this clip, there is a little bit of um, conversation around sexual violence and sexual assault. Uh, so... If that is something that you wouldn't like to hear, come back in a minute's time. It'll only be a minute. And um, if you want to stick around but you think you might need some support during that time, you can always contact 1-800-RESPECT. And there's also your standard lifeline, 131114, and um, Kids Helpline as well, 1-800-55-1800. So I'm going to give that clip a spin for you now. Yep, this is Adam Ruins Everything. The hymen is actually a thin, stretchy bit around the vagina. In most women, our hymens have an opening that's big enough for tampons, fingers, and yes, getting busy. But it's not like a barrier. It's more like a... balloon arch. Okay, but doesn't the hymen break the first time you have sex? Like, doesn't it hurt? It doesn't have to. It can also tear from doing the splits or just living our lives. Even then, hymens can heal, and a lot of them never even get torn in the first place. One study found that 52% of sexually active teenage women had intact hymens. Our bodies don't come with built-in virginity detectors, and sex isn't supposed to hurt the first time. But this horrible idea is everywhere in our culture. In some parts of the world, women are forced to show government officials that their hymen is intact. If they don't, they can be denied jobs, barred from making rape accusations, even thrown in jail. Virginity exams are straight up sexual assault. And they don't even prove anything because the hymen doesn't work that way. Physically speaking, virginity doesn't exist. So that's a nice note to end on there. Physically speaking, virginity doesn't exist. Totally. I, I mean, I guess, like, in the sense that, like, physically nothing changes about your body before and afterwards. That's, True. Um, misconception is often that the hymen does change before and uh, after, rather, sex. Um, not always true. I played netball for a very long time in my young life, and I like to think that I probably broke my hymen before I had sex because I was playing a lot of vigorous leg-spreading sport. Um, (laughs) There's an image. Yeah. Vigorous leg-spreading sport is an image, but I'm going to move on. (laughs) Didn't you say it was netball? Um, Yeah. What sort of netball were you playing? Do you want me to show you the change of direction that happens in netball is intense? I know about pivoting. I've played netball. (laughs) We've all played netball and now we're all gay. Coincidence? Question mark? (laughs) Um, But no, honestly, I, yeah, I played netball as well. And um, I think, like, but that's the thing is, like, I think I originally understood it as, because you said you probably broke it before um, you had sex. And it's like, I think that's what I thought it was. It was just like the freshness seal and then you break it and then it just goes somewhere. Mm. And it's like, even breaking it is not really the right way to describe that because it's like Mm. more like a tear. Like if you um, have a tear in your earlobe, I guess. Mm. I don't know. It is. It's just like a fragile bit of skin. Like, and skin can heal. That's what it does. And stretch. It's amazing. It's the body's largest organ. Sorry, everyone. Apparently, according to the internet, you can actually get temporary surgical reconstruction of the hymen. You can just. I believe that. You can just stitch it back up. I believe that. I believe that that's available because of some of the things that that clip mentioned. That in some cultures, in places around the world, the hymen, the 
I'm doing like invisible air quotes here. The breaking of the hymen can be like an unmoralistic thing in some yeah. cultures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is. It doesn't surprise me at all that there are means to reconstruct a hymen, but I also think that it's just a very ridiculous concept. Sounds horrific. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to that initial question that we had, virginity. Does it physically exist? I wouldn't say so. I think it's definitely a a stigma or like a... It's a, it's a cultural concept. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's... Some cultural concepts are relatively benign and some are less so. And Some I, are just really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like virginity. Yeah. And like that, I definitely don't want to make anyone over the course of today feel bad for being a virgin or for thinking oh, of themselves yeah, as a virgin. No. It's like, oh, you don't exist. But like, you know, I, I hear you. I see you. I just don't think it's as big a deal as we've all been brought up to believe. Don't, don't let it own you. Yeah. Yeah. The pressure it's on... Not, it's not that important. Yeah. On, on young people, like the, the pressure that they feel yeah. to sure. lose their virginity, and it's it's sort of like that. Oh, if I lose it too early, then I'm slut or a man whore. Mm. If I lose it too late, then I'm a prude and a loser, and no one's gonna like me. I'm a virgin, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, I lost my virginity air quotes again, um, quite late, and I just, I basically after I passed seventeen, I was like, okay whatever like the pressure just was not there anymore and I think high school has something to do with it but also just that idea that this is something that you need to get rid of to be a woman or to be a man or whatever Mm. it's ridiculous a a penis does not own you Mm. and it does not change you into being a woman and placing it into a woman does not change you into being a man Mm. do you think um I'm going to come back to that idea of like penis and vagina sex being the the way typical typical hetero virginity Um, but do you think you said quite late? Um, do you mind if I ask what late might be for you? In my twenties, yeah, I was in my early twenties, yeah. and that I had a lot of friends who were losing it a lot earlier. But I had quite a few friends as well who who waited. They wanted to be in relationships. They didn't want to just do one night stands, mm. or they were, yeah. you know, they had mental health problems, and they're like, you know, this is just something I don't want to deal with right now. Um, for me, I. I just decided one day I, was, I almost had this thing with this guy and I was all, like, super excited about it and it just went south. I've had a couple of those, which is annoying. But it went south and I was like, you know what, I'm done with this. And I just got online and I'm like, I literally changed my bio and I was, like, not looking for anything serious. And the next person who popped up was like, hey, can I come around? And that was, was that it. on a dating app? Yeah. Oh, so you were, like... You got on a dating app and was like, hey, I'm done being a virgin. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, I've always found it kind of creepy, that idea of it has to be, like, something really special. Like, I I know a lot of people used to say to me, like, I want it to be with someone I really care about and I want to be in a relationship. And, like, power to you if that does actually happen for you. And it has happened for people that I know Mm. and I'm really happy for them. But it's not – I never thought it was that big a deal. Yeah. You know, like, I got – got rid of disposed of i had my first sexual experience at about 16 um and that was the point at which like i'd already decided a year earlier i was like done with like that was an experience that i was ready for and that was an experience that i wanted to have mm-hmm. so i was like kind of like actively out looking i didn't have dating apps um at the time no. <laughs> i didn't have a smartphone i'm pretty sure um even though yeah like smartphones weren't like super commonplace six years ago or whatever but, um, yeah, that was just a thing that happened. What I, I was very young. Um, 
I was in a relationship at the time. It was my high school boyfriend. And, you know, when you're 14 and loved up and you think that you're going to be with this person for the rest of your life. You were one of the specials. You were like, I wanted to be something special. And it was... Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I think I'm one of the the few, one of the, the lucky few who kind of had a first time that they don't regret. Um, and they don't look back on and just go, oh, oh that was awful. Oh. Um, but, you know, having said that, I still I, I like to think that I was quite mature at the time, at least in my own mind, and had a sense that, you know what, like, this is going to happen now and it's going to happen now because I'm ready and because the person I'm with, it feels like the right person to be with. And if, you know, if, if I come back to this moment in the future and decide I don't want to consider that my first time, I think I was even just switched on enough to be like... I have that option and I have that choice. But even, you know, this to this day, five years. Or I can put this on the discard pile of history. Like. Yeah. Yeah. But even now yeah. I can just I can still I have no kind of remorse or regrets looking back at that decision that I made at the time mm. and I yeah, it was kind of the right decision for Neither me. Neither do I, even though like we like the person that I like had that experience with, like had sex with, I absolutely hated afterwards, like mm. for Oh yeah, that I like, don't know if I have time to get into. I'm, but I'm like, still blocked by my yeah. ex-boyfriend on Facebook <laughs> like for our whatever relationship reason. Didn't, our relationship as people didn't survive, but it was like one of those things where like I didn't have regrets because I, I I like that you were saying like oh it was someone with whom like I felt ready with that person and I was like yeah. I was that person for myself like I was ready oh, yeah. with myself for like yeah. a year I was like I yeah. I did not regret it I had so many people being like oh but don't you want it to be someone special like don't you regret it wasn't it, like awful and mm. I was like no like yeah, the sex wasn't great. He was really terrible, but I don't regret doing it the way that I did it and never seeing him again and being like, unblah, like, don't want to connect this person anymore. <laughs> Goodbye. Can you imagine if people spoke that way about, like, bungee jumping? <laughs> that was just uh, an awful experience. Oh, but your first time has to be with someone special. Yeah. And it has to be, like, a, this great Tag experience. One, yeah. And, like, <laughs> yeah. like, what? No. Paul, yeah. anything to add? Nah. Cool. Nah. I feel like I you wanted to say like something. I did not like my first time. Oh, why? No. I was just, like, really stale and boring and, <laughs> like, in the dark and at night. And it was just really, just really not great. Just a standard teen Hollywood flick. Yeah. Just <laughs> and it wasn't, like, built up in any kind of way mm. together, physically or emotionally. Oh. It just kind of happened. Was it, like, a chore almost? Was it, like, all right, we've got to get this done? Did you feel that necessarily, pressure? but also Yes. <laughs> You're like, um, it's, it's gone too far. I can't stop now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It I've just, heard that it's just a bit, yeah. Oh, sorry. I've heard that it's just, like, terrifying to be, like, air quotes, the guy, um, when it's both your first time because you're, like, you know nothing, but you're simultaneously, like, you're supposed to be in charge. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. You're supposed yeah, to be, yeah. like, the dominant person yeah. in some way where you're supposed to know, like, all of the things that we are going on while also, like, go. having zero yeah. experience. Although I yeah. feel like even with experience, a lot of people still have zero idea of what they're doing, so... And, yeah, there should be space for that, I think, because everyone's different, mm. um... And, yeah, that's one of the kind of beautiful things about not everyone having sex the same way is, like, you can't really be good at it at all. Like, it's just going to be awkward and messy, like, most of the time. Pretty much. joyfully, everyone. Most of the time. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we should head to a song now, guys. I think we should. Um, if you have any stories yourself that you would like to share about your own 
quote-unquote virginity experiences, you can send them in um, either by Twitter if you're that brave or you can send them to the thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask and that can be completely anonymous. Um, we're going to go to another song now. Wait, wait, wait. You can you can write the whole thing out on Twitter because yeah. you have 280 characters now. Just <laughs> oh, like no. stick it. Like stick it all out in public. <laughs> don't be ashamed. Oh, I don't want to like, talk about that. A, this is a universal human experience. Come on. Like, we don't deserve that privilege. We don't deserve those extra characters. I if you see it. the shit that people write on Twitter and they shouldn't be allowed to speak more. Yeah. So we're going to go to Chateau Lobby number four in C for Two Virgins by Father John Misty. Good choice, Paul. Well done. Oh, no worries. I appreciate it. This is Naughty Rude here on Sin Nation. Welcome back to Naughty Rude here on Sin Nation. That was Vance Joy with First Time, and before that was Chateau Lobby number four in C for Two Virgins by Father John Misty. Yep, that happened. That Thanks, happened. Paul. No worries. We're answering your questions now on the Tumblr. If you've got any for us at all about absolutely anything, you can send them into the thenaughtyroodshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Um, completely anonymous, free, don't need an account. Definitely a great uh, thing that we do here. You can do it on your phone. You can do it. You don't even have to get up. You can do it in any environment where you have access to internet. Except a little the car. Tickle. Don't, don't, no, do, don't it do it in the car. the car. Not a good idea. Mm. First up. Here's a good question. It's very relevant. Does age matter when it comes to virginity? Uh, I mean, <laughs> in a certain sense, I think definitely. Um, if we're just talking like 14 plus maybe is probably the best way to sort of... I think if we're talking about the law, if we're talking about age the law, is definitely something that you yeah. should think about. Obviously, but, yeah. it was illegal when <laughs> when I did it and I'm going to own that. I think, I think there's... I think there's lots of like foolishness and sort of naivety when you're really when you're much younger than you are. Now, I'm not saying that people my age aren't naive. I'm naive all the time at my age, ripe twenty. But I think people who are really young don't really understand mm. what's going on at their age. Mm. So it's really important, even if it's lawful or not, to just really sort of think about what you're doing in lots of lots no. of cases. That's yeah, true. like the younger you are, the, you're less likely to maybe have more education around safe sex mm-hmm. and I know when I started I was a little like in the grey areas about like how to have sex safely and consent and things that are really important like that um, and also just like you know what your age is and what virginity is is like is losing your virginity air quotes is your first time like oral sex or is it you know something else and it's just like mm. I'm not yeah, I, I think it's 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 a there's a really broad range of sexual activity that can be framed as like a first time and you can't really like do it when you're older than 16 because that's the law. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, number yes. one. And do it with someone who's really close to your age. Don't be like 16 oh, and sure. sleep with like a 30-year-old person. Mm. That's weird and gross. Mm. Especially if you're that young. If you're older then, you know, do whatever you want, but if but. as as long as you're kind of within those Guidelines. I know I'm definitely speaking out of step here from my personal experience, but like, do as Erin says, follow the law. She did, yeah, don't learn from my (laughs) mistakes. Um, follow the law and just be safe. I mean, safety is of the utmost importance when it comes to sex, honestly, in every capacity, whether you're engaging in any any kind of sex, if it's oral sex or if it's just. You know what Anything. I think is interesting, like, though? Like, yeah. I think we all assumed that the asker was, like, does age matter because they're, like, really young. But what Stole if they're, like, 24? Oh, Stole no, you, know, you go, you go. Oh, well, yeah, I was going to say, I think <laughs> it sounds like the questioner person might 
have been an older person yeah. asking if their sort of older age um, is it okay to be a virgin at their age? Yeah. Either way. Yes. As a I'm like, have you seen the 40 year old yes. virgin? It's a great comedy. It's great. Yeah. The reason you just preface it as a comedy and that yeah. kind of gives it the tone. <laughs> Losing your virginity late doesn't qualify you as a comedic actor no, of any kind. No, but just look at Steve Carell. He's great. Yeah, he's yeah. You don't great. have to... You, you can wait that long. It's fine. You don't ever have to lose it ever. I'm well, gonna, I don't think Steve Carell was really a virgin in that movie. <laughs> oh, I think Pretty sure he's married with kids at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. I think blanket statement, for, for me anyway, my advice to anyone asking this would be do it when you're ready because if that's mm. the the thing that's in your mind thing like oh I need to because this is a very like socially conscious question where you're kind of being aware of what other people might think is an appropriate age to have sex do it when you're ready not when anyone else tells you you should be ready you know and if you're never ready and if you're never ready don't do it either yeah if you're never ever ready ever that's completely fine such good advice nothing nothing I co-sign that great it's signed off naughty rude stamp of approval signed sealed (laughs) delivered there you go (laughs) next question we have here um i have a friend who is being sexually reckless sleeping around without using protection and i'm concerned for her safety i've expressed this to her but she doesn't seem to care is there anything i can do to help her again good on you for pointing out safety because that's my favorite thing ever yes Safety is so important. And Aaron's it's really actually great. wearing like a high vis vest right now. I'm always wearing high vis everywhere <laughs> I go. Element. I'm always decked out in high vis. I wear my steel cap toe boots everywhere I go. I'm always ready. Um, yeah. But no, like good on you for acknowledging that safety is something that is of a concern in this situation because it definitely is, especially if she's not using protection. Using protection. Um, if she's yeah. sleeping around with multiple partners who perhaps. She not doesn't have that established trust that can be really important. Like uh, but you know, on the other hand, it's like, what can I do to help her? It's yeah, like it's you can't control what someone else does with their body. Well, I was just about to say, it's yeah. in a way, n- n- not. I don't mean this in a rude way at all, but it's kind of not your business what she's doing yeah. sexually. But like the reason that she's telling you that she's doing these things. I'm assuming you're not just there all of the time when this is happening. You're not just watching what, these just, things Just unfold. hanging out. I can, <laughs> see you, I can see you not using protection. <laughs> but I'm, I'm assuming that, like, you're, you know, she's sharing these sort of this with you and you're kind of asking her questions and you're having a dialogue about it. Don't, like, break the trust of that dialogue by lecturing or, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, good point. You know, like, it's it's her physical autonomy and she trusts you to share this stuff with you. So, like, respect that and mm. just be like, I don't know, I think you should use condoms or use this and, like, your standards might be very different. Like, anyone who's lived in a share house knows everyone's standards of cleanliness and, like, how often <laughs> dishes should be done is very different. We all have, like, different ideas of how things should be done that we all do. Mm. And maybe just, like, give her some condoms or, like, say, hey, they, you know, they were giving these out for free at uni or at school or whatever and I thought of you and like you go get them tiger like be supportive but like be like I looked at condoms and you went directly into my mind I'll go down swimmingly I'm sure I looked at condoms and I thought of you (laughs) I think if you know um, potentially if they're like Again, it's their business, you know, it's up to them what they do. But if you know that they're kind of in a position where there is danger involved even, if if you know that it's maybe it's coming from a place of you know, maybe they're not in a right headspace or something like that. If you know that that could potentially be what it is, then it might be worth kind of stepping in. I don't know, but it wouldn't be up to you to be like, you know, to turn their life around. That's completely out of your hands. Yeah. You could potentially just direct them to some people who might 
be able to give them some guidance on that, you know? I guess on the other hand, like, don't worry. Yeah, like, in support of what you're saying, like, don't worry about seeming uncool if there's, like... Mm. For example, if there were drugs or alcohol involved and you were concerned about, like, consent issues around that and then, like, you know, like your friend, maybe she's not, like, Mm. always capable of that in situations that she seems to be, like, going into and it's, like, you know, respect her physical autonomy but be, like, "Mm, you know, like, I don't know if that's, like, the situation that I would want to be in for these reasons and, like, it's always good to frame things in the way that you feel. Yeah. Rather than, like, things that you think should be happening. Yeah, for sure. Because it shows that you've reflected as well that's any kind of advice giving situation because you've got to remember where that you're coming from a personal perspective and you're not them yeah it's kind of a good way to wrap it up i think one more question is it ever too early to go on a couple's holiday with your partner um paul and i are doing a road trip soon and we're we're pretty fresh so i'd say no yeah it's never too early I don't know. I feel like there's <laughs> people who, trip. like, a weekend would probably be like, oh, my God, let's, like, go on a road well, trip. Well, how long is the road trip? I can just ask you guys. Like, a couple now. days mm. at, yeah, at the least, like, the most, yeah. even. So, at like, maybe least. two nights away. At the, well, at, at the most, like, I can't really spend that much time away with you, so. I'm kidding. But, oh, don't nod oh. your head in dismay. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. You're great. Um, Thank you. Great. This is, we're this taking is, over the show. Someone's about to say they're breaking single. up a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's happening. It's happening. There's the door. Uh, seriously, though, um, I know we keep joking about that, and that's because it's definitely not happening. I just want to reassure everyone. Um, but are you going? It's a couple nights. I don't know. I would be sketchy if it was like the first few months and then we're going away for like two nights in a row or something yep. away from everyone else I'm like that I think a you lot of I, one-on-one time well that's what I was going to say I think you need to have had like a little bit of one-on-one time at least to establish that you don't hate each other um yeah. maybe like have stayed at each other's houses a few times or something just so that you know you can like function together and live together as like a couple but um there's also the whole the whole semantics of driving doing a road trip as well Knowing yeah, that you like hot, both can make yeah. it the whole way, if like maybe one of you is a tired, easily tired person or yeah, that's not me. good at long trips, it's really good to understand beforehand. We're gonna, you I, I feel like if you're really bad at long trips, long road trips might not be the best first trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. on, well, so. we should probably consider that because we both get awfully travel sick. Yeah, that's oh. true. So we're gonna have to load wow. up on like travel sickness tablets. Beforehand. Just not eat yeah. like and three days before the trip. Yeah, just like yeah. fast sure for three days. Empty. I feel like I feel like if it's been like a month and one of you gets notoriously boat sick, don't be like, let's book a ten day cruise. <laughs> I think that <laughs> it's happen. not gonna work. That's just really practical. Well. We're not doing that. Yeah. 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 I have a vehement passion <laughs> against. Cruises. I'm sorry. Don't like the ocean, Erin Dick. I'm just not a fan. Really, mm. not a fan of being stuck on a boat. But honestly, like organization, like I guess this gets into like logistics stuff, where it's like organization is where everything falls down. Mm. Like every time, if feelings are gonna get frayed, if things are gonna get messy, if you're gonna have an argument, it's because like I thought you packed the towels. I know <laughs> it's it, always like, something. Oh, that's where like it that. falls apart. It's never to do with like who you are to each other. It's always to do with like something mm. like really irritating and small, where it's like you're just sitting there like looking at this person across from you being like how did I ever date you you're so disorganized <laughs> oh. I can't handle it like that's I'm sorry I'm putting nightmares into your brains yeah, now no, but I'm like just looking at Paul across the table here and going oh it's crap. never it's never too early just like make sure that there's not 
you know, like you guys can weather that. Have some communication techniques in in place where you can like have a talking stick system or something. You know, like <laughs> get conch. through it. You might have your first. You might have your first trip and your first fight, and be prepared for that. Well, it, it can be a good character building experience. It can be a good test of character. You might learn something about. You sound like the you're person. trying to reassure someone. I'm not sure who you're <laughs> trying to reassure. I think the someone might be myself. <laughs> I oh, think God. I'm trying desperately to let's reassure myself. Go to a song and sort this out. Yeah, Please, let's so. do it. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to go to For the First Time by Mac DeMarco. Um, if you've got any more questions for us, do send them into the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. And uh, yeah, this is Naughty Rude here on Sin Nation. Cherry Bomb by Tyler the Creator. And before that was For the First Time by Mac DeMarco. This is Naughty Rude. And you're here with Erin, Amaret, Jay, and Paul tonight. Hmm. What have we got coming up, Jay? Um, so I got to sat- sit down this week um, with this amazing erotic artist. Um, that I'm lucky enough to be friends with also, um, called Emmanuel Derbyshire. And they, um, they're a trans non-binary person that they, um, they draw sort of a range of queer erotic art and they also happen to be a virgin. So they were really kind enough to sit down with me and share like what that experience has been like with them and some of the things that like sort of led to that, I would say fairly odd combination of things. Um, and yeah, it was it was really really great, and we're gonna roll that and maybe like talk about it. Yeah, we'll a couple of things on. we liked out of that afterwards. On the other side, this is it. Hi, I'm Emmanuel Derbyshire. Um, I use they them theirs. I am a erotic illustrator. Cool. <laughs> so you do commission work? I do. I do commission work, um, and I do write and illustrate my own stories, kind of thing. But I um. I mean, money-wise, I'm mostly doing commission work. Uh, and almost all of those are erotic commissions. Commissions are basically a piece of art that is commissioned to by a patron, a person, and mm. they commission an artist to make a piece of art, you know, cool. in the most general sense. I do them online, which is usually when people say commissions these days, they mean online commissions. <laughs> um, right. But in the professional, like, art illustration industry that just means any contract of like i want you to draw this you know it'll be like a commission from an editorial to do a illustration for an article or something right and yeah. that's your job now. yeah pretty much that's freelancing amazing. freelancing is <laughs> a, yeah a freelance yeah. illustrator how did you get started doing that uh i needed i i deferred my course and i needed money yeah <laughs> so that's it. So, but you like you knew the the world. Of oh yeah, yeah, yeah of existed. And yeah, then you... <laughs> yeah. That's why I did it. Like, um, how, how did, did I do it? Yeah, like what what was the pathway into it for you? Like, um, obviously, you had illustration experience. Yes, and, of course. And then you kind of went, oh, you know, I'm gonna find these people and they'll they're gonna reach out to me and give me money. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, I do it all through Tumblr. Um, Tumblr is one of many sites that are really good for getting commissioners because. A lot of people post art on there. I was doing commissions when I was like 14 and 15, when I was a lot younger, because you can just kind of do them if you have a PayPal account. And did people just start reaching out to you? Uh, Yeah, because I post art anyway. I've gotten followers, especially when you post in a fandom. They have like, if you're posting to a particular piece of, like a particular medium, like right now I'm doing Wicked. I used to do stuff for Glee and Homestuck. Shame on me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I used to do things for them. Um, and that got me attention and that got me people that are following my work 
even to this day, I had people that have been following me for like six or seven years. And then, so the process of that is like, you're posting your art online and then someone one day is the first person to reach out to you and be like, hey, I want you to draw this for me for money. Yeah, so when I was younger, it was definitely like that. It was like, you know, um, but you see other artists doing it as well. And the kind of the means of doing it on Tumblr is to make a commission post, which is just a post that displays your art, says all of your terms of your your prices, how you get paid, your time limits, all the details they need to commission you. Erotic art is a thing that you do as a commission and then do you also draw that as your personal work or is it just kind of a thing that you do for money? Um, It is definitely what I do for my personal work. It's not a money thing. I just like to do it. Um, And um, that's kind of the benefits of... um, doing commissions on the internet is not safe for commissions. Erotic commissions are very lucrative. People want them uh, because, well, I guess everybody has preferences and sometimes they have very specific preferences and if they can pay to have those preferences fulfilled, they will. (laughs) It really seems like a highly bespoke kind of work, like industry. Yeah. It's just like, um, you know how like people get like suits that are made just to fit them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's (laughs) definitely like that. Um, Yeah, like that's probably the biggest divide between even just internet commissions at large compared to the traditional idea of a commission, you know. The traditional idea of a commission is something like Michelangelo's David. Like Mm. that fake statue that was commissioned by the Catholic Church to Michelangelo, and he made it for the Catholic Church. But probably It was probably a Roman family, actually. It's not the Catholic Church. Anyway, it was commissioned by someone. He didn't do it just for fun. He was commissioned. And um, that wasn't for that family. It was, technically. But it was really what it was saying. It was, it was projecting the family's wealth. It wasn't like they want that because they like it. They were projecting, like, they were being like, look what we bought for the city. We're yeah. so important. Um, whereas... On the internet, it's like you'll get someone being like, hey, can you, like, draw me a dirty foot with, like, cum on it? Like, that's not for anyone else. That's for them. <laughs> like, and that is a commission I did as well. That is amazing. Yeah. I did that when I was younger. Um, I did that when I didn't have as many boundaries. I didn't, yeah. like, I, did, I hadn't yet established boundaries. Actually, I would probably do that now because it's, like, fucking whatever. It doesn't matter. There's it's, not even a dick in it. It's just a foot and cum, like, whatever. How is it doing that kind of work and also being a virgin? Okay, yeah. Um, It is interesting. I feel like those two things are more linked than people would expect, or even I, like, would first expect without examining it, Uh, because they both kind of stem from the same thing, which is, like, uh, my own issues or my own, like, difficulty with my sexuality or difficulty with my... with intimacy and with romance and with, with, like, my body and stuff. They kind of come from the same place. I was raised in a religion that is both very conservative and very openly obsessed with sex. It's like, you know, they were obviously like, don't have sex before you get married, you have to be a virgin when you get married, and you have to do that. But they were also like, but when you do... Sex is gonna be great. It's got the it's conjugal love. It's beautiful. You're doing God's creation. It's wonderful. It's the most perfect, most spiritual expression of love. It's the most important thing in the world. It is the best way you can physically express intimacy. That's how my, the church talked about sex from like my age, eight, nine, ten. Wow. Um, so I had that in my head of like, and then simultaneously possibly related to that, possibly related to other things, I have no idea. Um, When I was, like, eight, I was drawing very 
explicit art. Art that I'm now not comfortable with. Uh, very, like, graphic, kind of violent, violently, un- like, really, yeah, really full-on art. Um, when I was super, super young, and I don't know why, because I didn't really look at porn, um, but I just did, and that went on until I was, like, 14 or 15, and it was at that point where I was like, I hate this, like, I'm ashamed of it, and I it makes me feel uncomfortable, and I don't like that I do this because I'm always guilty and ashamed about it. So I kind of started to look at erotic art more as like a thing I wanted to consistently do because I wanted to make something that was good. I wanted to make erotic art that I felt was healthy, that I felt reflected what I wanted to actually do, what I wanted to actually like see in the world. So my erotic art was kind of a way of me like becoming unashamed of my sexuality, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's actually, like, and, and, and it's weird because it's like, I feel like my, I'm not a virgin by choice. That's just like how my life has ended up, basically. Um, and actually, I am a very... I'm obviously very preoccupied with sex. I think I'm a very frustrated person in that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it's linked to the same thing where it's like I have to work through that. I have to become unashamed and become comfortable with myself. And my erotic art really helps me do that because I can kind of explore... I can kind of explore my sexuality without having to put myself in situations where I know I wouldn't be able to handle it at this point. So to recap, Mm. when you're growing up in the church, um, sex was like presented as this very beautiful, holy and sacred thing. Mm. One of the greatest physical and spiritual experiences. Specifically heterosexual sex, of course. Yeah, specifically (laughs) penis and vagina. Yes. um, Was this holy spiritual experience. um, And there was a point at which you were like, hey, I want to draw something that's beautiful and that reflects, like, a good in the world, and so I'm going to draw sex, and I'm going to draw porn, and that is going to be, like, my way of, like, bringing sort of good into the world or, like, reflecting on things that are good for myself. Yeah, totally. And now, as someone who's 22 and hasn't had sex yet, it's still a way for you to continue exploring sex at your own pace without having to put yourself in a situation that would make you uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. So it's um it's a benefit to me. It's like therapy. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an absolutely there's nothing negative about it for me. Uh I've gotten a lot of comments from people that it's obviously helped them. It's helped them feel less ashamed about their specific kind of queerness and their body, like how they experience intimacy and the things they're interested in. So I think by me kind of publicly <laughs> working out my issues uh, people are kind of getting in on the action, which is fun. Well, I've been here with Emmanuel Derbyshire. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's and been did you, sick. Uh, it has been sick. <laughs> uh, did you have a song request at all? Um, you know what I've been listening to a lot recently is Be Kind to Yourself by Willow Beats. Nice. I've been awesome. listening to that over and over. <laughs> so, <laughs> that. Cool. Thank you very much for that interview, Jay. It was wonderful. It was amazing. It was a really, really good time to just sit down. As you can probably hear, we like laugh a lot in the interview. That's always and nice. Yeah. It's I good to cut out friends. It's like the best because yeah. you sort of know where you want to go with it because you know them. Yeah, so. and it's super brave for them to come on national live radio and share their story. And I know we all do it, but we're professionals, kind of <laughs> uh, pretending to be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Ah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now some really interesting points uh, that came up there I mean the one that kind of strikes me the most is when the whole church conversation kind of comes into play yeah. because I grew up in a Catholic uh, whatever 
a, a Catholic whatever. A Catholic whatever. A that was kind of a thing. No, I went, I went to a, a Catholic fog. primary school and a high school. My family are all Catholic. I was baptized Catholic. And um, yeah, just the whole sex thing just wasn't like, just yeah. wasn't there. Like it didn't get brought up. And then when it did get brought up, it was just, you know, like the same as what Emmanuel was saying. It was just like this amazing thing that, eventually happens down the road when you're married and you want to have babies. Yeah. And I that was, it, like, never something that I wanted to do, you yeah. know. So just, yeah. Like, that sounds legitimately awful. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I'll pass. Yeah. I mean, having babies is, like, cool as well, mm. but you shouldn't feel pressured to. It's a personal. I'm trying to, I'm trying to shape it as a personal. It's a personal decision that people make yeah. and don't make. I, you know... I don't necessarily want to have babies, but I'm not going to shame people who want to have babies. I actually want to be a dad. Yeah. Like, I want to be, like, a yeah. stepdad. You know? cool. I've, I have My 10-year plan is, like, to be a house husband in, like, 10 <laughs> years' time. That's to awesome. Be a fat, sitting-at-home house husband. I don't care if anything else is happening. I'm, I'm Be upset. a chunky mama. Yeah, yeah. basically. Amazing. Nice. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, another thing that Emmanuel brought up as well was the whole idea of, like... Um, what, what was it? The, the quote. I'm, I'm going to misquote them here, but virginity was like <sighs> not something that they like necessarily chose. Like That's it wasn't. It, an it wasn't something that they chose. Yeah, and yeah. exactly that. That was what interested me the most because identity and labels play massively into the concept of virginity in society. I think. Well, when I first heard them say that, I was a little like, oh, because it is a dog whistle. Like, there's the whole men's rights activists like involuntarily involuntarily celibate like there's like mm. an incel movement of people who are like oh no uh, we're not we're not virgins by choice we're only virgins no because no one will have sex with us or whatever and it, and that's a really interesting thing but i think the way that they were framing it in their experience was a little bit different yeah um, i think they were kind of saying like oh this is not like a thing that i've set out and gone out into the world to do i just not haven't necessarily set out and gone out into the world to do the opposite yeah yeah but for me that was definitely i made that association immediately and i was like oh <laughs> you know? that's interesting yeah. yeah that's that's you know there's rhetoric around that that doesn't necessarily fit into this conversation mm. but is interesting yeah, yeah. And, and by interesting i mean horrifying yeah. <laughs> had a bit of a twist to it yeah yeah so um anything else any other thoughts Fair enough. Paul has no thoughts, ever. Paul never thinks. No, I yeah. never think about anything, ever. <laughs> always no. thinking about memes. Yeah. Anyway. I, I think that was, that was so great. Um, it was great. Thank you for doing that. And um, thank you, Emmanuel, for coming on the show trusting in, us. in spirit. Yeah. Um, do appreciate it. If you do want to listen back to that and um, you're listening live, this is going to make no sense if you're listening in the podcast because you'll be like, I just heard that. But if we you're listening live, you can go back and listen to the podcast later on. Um, yeah, sorry and if you're listening to the podcast. that is on Spotify, Omni. It's on Spotify now, yay, keep plugging that shit. Yeah. Is it on iTunes as well? Yep, iTunes, Spotify, Omni, and sin.org.au. You can stream it there. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. Amen. We're going to go to that song now that Emmanuel requested, Willow Beats, Be Kind to Yourself. Fantastic. This is Naughty Rude here on Sin Nation. That was some Haim with Don't Save Me, and before that we had some Willow Beats with Be Kind to Yourself. You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show. It's on Sin Nation. 
How are we all doing? It's the Nash. The Nash. Love the Nash. Love Nation content. Get around Sin Nation. Um, if we're the only show you listen to, that's not good enough. You should be listening to all of Daily. Nation's shows 24/7. all the time. What are some great ones? Let's let's list them out now. Let's smash uh, out. We got play. Ignorance is this. Ignorance is this. We got player one on a Friday pet, night. Pet from, Patrol. Yep, but no longer a thing. <laughs> Which is not Stop Sin plugging Nation your anymore. own content, Paul Waxman. Um, Paul Waxman was also on uh, <laughs> the Wax this afternoon on Clicks and Pops. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It was. I don't you know the, the Josh true wax man. that show, but yeah. <laughs> if he does... If he does... Oh, you can listen it. to it live. It's a thing you can do next That's week. Yeah, it's on in 90.7. But we're on the niche. Wait, the niche. This is a niche. We're all for the niche. Yeah, I, the thought, niche. I thought Clicks and Pops was on niche. Nah, it's on FM. Oh, no, I'm Josh jumps ship. Josh, I'm yeah, so sorry. He, traitor. <laughs> Absolutely. Traitor. <laughs> um, we've got a few Tumblr questions here from the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. You guys have sent them in and it's really exciting. Um, we were talking last week about how this is one of my favourite parts of the show. So uh, whoever's got them in front of them, fire a, away. A lot of people's favourite parts of the show. So here's one question we've had in. I have a friend who's trans and whenever she's not around, my best friend always uses the wrong pronouns for her i.e. male ones, and it makes me feel really awkward. I don't know what to do. Should I tell her or just let it go? Hmm. Mm. When we say tell her as in, like, the friend who is being misgendered or the friend who is using the wrong I think they mean the friend that's um, using the wrong... Uh, I think... I don't know. I read it as the friend that's being misgendered because it's like, should I tell her that this friend Uh, of ours is misgendering her? No, I don't feel like that's something that's necessary. I don't think it's fair on the person being misgendered to just tell them that someone's making a few mistakes. It's really not going to make any... Difference. I think I it's, mean, it's much better to talk to the, the friend who's misgendering. The person who's making the mistakes. Because uh, a lot of the time, I think sometimes it's just habitual, or um, some yeah. people who don't really have many friends um, who can, you know, be misgendered. I think lots of people just make that mistake really easily. Mm. Um, and it is a mistake. It's something that uh, is, you know, it's ingrained in a lot of people's ways of thinking. So mm. if you have the opportunity to call someone, out on that and just, you know, educate them almost. Just be there as a bit of a guide to say, Call hey, them in. Don't yeah. call anyone out. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't call know the friends. In. Call out is the wrong, yeah. the wrong thing. Be, I, be kind. Yeah. I don't know if they're purposefully doing it. Hopefully they're not. Yeah. Um, but it's a reminder system is really, really important. So definitely talk to them 100% because they might not even know they're doing it. Exactly. Yeah. But well, um, I mean, that was where I was going to object before because you were like, oh, you know, if it's an honest mistake and this and that. I'm like, but what if it's not? Yeah. Like, yeah. If it's not, just like, listen, Sarah, stop being <laughs> Sarah, yeah. that's such a conservative name. Listen, Barbara. Listen here, Mildred. <laughs> Listen to me. I apologise to any Barbaras, Mildreds or Sarahs in the audience who just had to deal with that. But no, honestly, like, if it is, like... Because it says, like, um, whenever she's not around and they always do it. And it's like, if they're stuffing up that badly... A bit of an objectifying thing. Yeah. Basically. Like, my dad tries to do this to my girlfriend. Yeah. And I'm like... Yeah. I just yell at him now. Like, I just, like, Dad, absolutely not. Like, that's mm. not on, man. Like, and it's just, like, because sometimes you have to be, like, you can Stay. call someone in and you can educate them and be, like, hey, look, I notice that you do this and I really, like, I think these are the reasons that you shouldn't. Mm. But if you've had that conversation a couple times and they're still doing it, it's, like, at what point do you have to get rude about well, it? if it's coming from a place of malice and, I mean, in your situation... Am I right? If it, it sounds I don't a little know bit if like it's it malicious. Be. I think it's just like, it, yeah, it's a little bit more like, it's not ignorance, it's like indignance. Okay. It's like, mm, you can't make me. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like that's just being stubborn. And yeah, yeah. Like, you should definitely call, definitely call them out. 
in this situation. If someone's just like not being nice about that sort of thing, um, you're totally justified in having that conversation. Um, but I mean, I, again, to come full circle, I don't think it's necessary to tell the person who is being misgendered because I, no, I don't, don't see the gain in that. Don't tell someone if they've been misgendered. It's just it's that's just going to hurt their feelings. Yeah, it's going to create a whole bunch of issues that you don't want to deal with. So. Mm. Yeah. All right. I Thanks. can see where it comes from, though, because it's like yeah. if someone's always doing it, you want to. I guess I would want to know if someone was always doing that because, like, mm. I am a glutton for punishment, but also like <laughs> I want to know who I can trust and who I feel safe around. Yeah, okay, that's it's very dependent point. on that. So yeah, that's reasonable. Hmm. I think I think if if you literally say this, if you firstly you call someone and you're like, "Hey, okay, this I've seen that you've done this. Let's not do that," and they continue to do it, and then you call them out and you're like, "Hey, stop doing that," and they do it again then I would tell the person and be like, hey, and I tried to talk to them about it, and they were like, I'm still going to misgender them, lols. I think that would be pretty spot on. Different situation. It it could have a different... Like it could have a different influence if it's coming from yeah. you and it, it, you're not directly involved in the situation. If they might not care. If it's coming from the person that they're actually hurting, that could change their perspective. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, next question: um, How do you make new friends after a breakup when your close friend circle was shared with your partner? Ooh. I got feels for this one. No, that's feels. Real. Yeah, that's one. That one's a bit <laughs> real, isn't it? I remember when I broke up with my high school boyfriend who was my absolute life and, you know, didn't see anything outside of that. I felt incredibly alone and isolated. And high school's a rough place. Um, it can be a really shitty place. So if it's happening to you in, in high school, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I sympathise yeah, with you sorry, completely. Yeah, um, I just apologise. Yeah, but it, this is a shitty situation in any walk of life or any This is time. a segment of the show where we apologise to people for high school sucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we've all been there, I think. We did it last week. <laughs> we do yeah. it every week. It's like, I'm sorry that high school sucks, but you get through it. Yeah. Um, no, the yeah, the social thing is just like, if you have to see all of those friends that you're not sure are your friends anymore every oh, day, sure. that's awful. And you're stuck with them all the time. Um, the biggest advice that I ever received... It, not even just in this situation, but in my entire life, was just that you need to be your own best friend and you need to be able to hold your own hand when you're feeling down and you need to be able to celebrate your wins with yourself. It was the best advice I've ever been given in my life and that is honestly what got me through what was actually a really like traumatic breakup and having knowing that, knowing that regardless of whatever happened, who was around me, whatever, I would always be, have myself in the future. You know, like you're born with yourself, you die with yourself, literally. Be friends so with yourself. So you may as well get along with God, whatever it is inside so you. God, I feel so hard. Yeah? Yeah. yeah like it's pretty life-changing. Especially celebrating your own wins with yourself. Oh, I've for sure. a lot of that lately. Yeah, because I can, I can be pretty bad at that. I can be pretty self-deprecating. And, like, even now, I look back on what I've done this year and I'm like, oh, well, okay. What yeah, I haven't done much. Yeah, yeah. I, I did exactly. <laughs> I think we all ca- can be quite guilty of it. I said um, to someone earlier, they're like, so what are you up to? And I told them the things that I was doing and the things that I was doing today and yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, wow. And in my mind, I was still like, yeah, it's not much. That's yeah. my life, yeah. But to come back to the question, how do you make new friends? The first friend you should be thinking about making is with yourself, you know? That's the first friendship you should yeah. be worried about because that's the most important one. Um, once you've got that sorted... You know, and that's a lifelong thing, I think. I don't think that happens over the course of... That doesn't happen overnight. That's something that you work on constantly because you're always changing. So 
But after that, like, I don't know, take a class. Yeah, that's what I mean, after that. Once you kind of have a sense of who you are in that point in time. No, not even once while you're working on that. Because you just said it takes a lifetime. So don't just sit in your room for the rest of your life. Like, go go out into the world. Absolutely me. (laughs) Um, I don't know. There's, like, depending on what your interests are, I know there's, like, groups that catch up that are, like, gamers and things like that. Like, people have, like, social events at Beta Bar. Mm. Um, Mm. You know, take a class and something. I know I moved to Melbourne when I was 19 and I knew no one and I had Mm. to, like, I just got into all these different activities and, like, mm. you know, eventually found people like, oh, this housemate, my best friend at the moment, I met through my housemate's workmate's Halloween party. So it's just like you have to just start making those connections for yourself. It takes mm. a really long time, but you just chip away at it and just get oh, out of the sure. house and do something that's not in your routine. Yeah. yeah. Finding a community is really important. Like, I think Sin's one of the most like integral communities. Oh, here we go. Come to sin. Come to sin, you know, become a member. Um, I've made so many um, amazing relationships through sin um, that that I wouldn't have obviously done without joining up with sin. I think if, just to go back to the the question as well, I don't think you necessarily have to make new friends as well after a breakup, especially if you've had a close friend circle with people who uh, are friends with your ex. It's really, I think it's maybe a bit... Hard to tell some people, but it's really easy to sometimes to recontextualize those friends um, as not people who are friends with your ex. Mm. Sometimes I feel it's really easy to just be like, oh, these are my friends. They were my friends before the breakup. They're my friends after the breakup. It's not like they instantly unbecome my friend. You can Mm. still, I think, have moments with them outside the context of, you know, your old relationship. You can keep them really well. And I've had lots of friends in sort of the aftermath of a breakup where it's kind of obvious where people were taking sides and some people yeah. who went to my side and they're still my friend and it's nice <laughs> and everyone nice. else yeah everyone else went into the you. bin into yeah the I not think, friend bin yeah if you're lucky <laughs> enough to be in that kind of situation where there is no side taking and there is no kind of you know awkwardness excellent then yes, fab, awesome. Lucky Take you. advantage of that. You um, are in the one percent. Yeah, <laughs> but it is very common, so um, it can be a, a shitty spot to be in. But yeah, just remember, you know, you'll kind of it'll be a good test of other people's character. I think sometimes as well, like if you see which side they go to, if if that's a thing, if we're crossing the the barrier here to go to sides, then you'll know where people's loyalties lie, and you'll I guess you'll you'll know who your your true friends are to an extent. The emotions, the feels. Yeah. But, um, yeah, again, how to make new friends, get in touch with yourself and then you'll people will just come to you, the people that are meant to be in your life at the time. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Well, I feel like, do you want to do another one or do you want to just go to a song and pick it back up later? Yeah, let's go. Let's throw to a song. Let's do that. That sounds like a plan. Yeah, this so this one is... is oh, sorry. No, oh, let's please. do it together. Do you want to do it together? In okay. Unison. Go. Yep, yep, yep. One, two... Three, Pure Pleasure by Drowners. That was so not worth it, but anyways, great. (laughs) Content! This is Naughty Rude on Sin Nation. That song was Pure Pleasure by Drowners first up, and then there was Different Now by Chastity Belt. You're on the Naughty Rude show here on Sin Nation. Chastity Belt, they're getting more obscure. Uh, We're scraping the bottom of the barrel, I think. (laughs) Oh, trust (laughs) me, we've still got lots of banging tunes to come, so stay tuned. We've got half an hour left on the show. Um, If you're listening to the podcast, you know, give or take a few minutes. Yes. Accommodating for all of our listeners here. Um... Yeah, trying. So, what are we talking about now? We are going to be talking a little bit about queer sex. There's some queer people here. There's, there's a couple of us. I can see some queer people over there. 
Um, some queer yeah. people over there. The entire studio has about like maybe just ten people that just sit here and like um, you know when like hip hop artists record their tracks. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, everyone's like, "Bro, that was like straight fire!" Like and they like clap and stuff. We we the keep people. Men. Yeah, we keep hype the men people. around. The hype yeah. people. Um, but none of them are on mic, so. Who wants to go first? <laughs> so we got a question in actually, um, which is incredibly relevant to what we're going to be talking about. We got a question via the tumblers. Um, I recently gave a guy a hand job while he mutually gave one to me. We were making out as well. This was my first time, and I want to know if I can consider this losing my virginity, even though no one was penetrated. Where, where do we start? Where do we start? I think we start with the idea of penetrative sex. Ah. Uh... I was just going to say, like, I, bas- I feel like the asker is like, I wanted to know if I can consider this. So they're asking for permission. Okay. They're like, I want to think that this is my first time, but I'm not sure because there was no penis going in any of the holes. Um, to me, it sounds fine. That's like, it, it's the idea of like virginity versus first time. It's like if virginity doesn't physically mm-hmm. exist, then it's a word that we use to talk about the first time that someone has a sexual experience or that has sex or something something that they identify as sex. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then obviously you're not a virgin anymore. Like yeah. you've had, you've done sex. You've, um, it's a mutual, yeah, it's a mutual hand job, which is a totally legitimate form of non-penetrative sex that many straight and queer people engage in mm. and yeah that's i would not you it know is, if you don't want to consider yourself a virgin anymore just don't yeah, yeah. i was gonna add there that it is completely valid and up to you to decide what counts as losing your virginity and that is across the board for all people gay straight queer what you know purple whatever the, you want to sex call is yourself. very broad it's incredibly yeah. broad um you could say it's a bit of a spectrum not uh, quite. It's a it's a galaxy. It's, you know, like, it's a universe. Yeah. It's like genitals aren't even like two things. You That's know, true. like genitals are like a, a air quote spectrum. Like mm. people are born with all kinds of different like chromosomal arrangements, and yeah, we're all just like little little bits of stardust. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's I like nice. that. That's nice. It's a nice thought. But no, I think to come back again, I think discussing that idea of like penetrative sex isn't always necessarily like we ha- the blanket term is sex and whenever someone says oh i had sex with someone it normally penis goes in vagina. penis pe- yeah piv is like the instinctive reaction that we have sometimes and i mean a lot of that comes down to cultural influences and you know media and the way we've been taught to think about sex sexual activity i think is an important like term to debunk because the word sex is in it and like sexual activity can in- incorporate many different things you know yeah but i wouldn't even draw a distinction between the two it's like oh sex is penis and vagina and then sexual activity is like oral sex well no i mean it's just, just like the I idea like of sexual that's activity. the way that people use the word is to differentiate between sex and sexual activity and it's just like mm. if you call it sex it's sex you know like if mm. you guys are stimulating each other in like pursuit of pleasure or an orgasm and there's less than usual clothes involved (laughs) like i would probably call that sex it's something you define for yourself almost well yeah i I guess which is scary for some people that's the thing it can be whatever the hell you want it to be and um yeah i mean what more can you say it can be exactly what you qualify as sex same as virginity it's exactly what you qualify it to be amaret yeah, I think you guys pretty 
bang on. I would definitely concur. I have like plenty of friends who, like, I had I had a friend who um, started dating a guy back when we were we were both like seventeen, and she had not done anything, and he had already been there, done that. And um, she went to a party, and they both had drinks, as you do as a seventeen-year-old. But don't do that <laughs> if you're under eighteen. Don't do it because not it's not okay. It's illegal. It's illegal. Um, no <laughs> drinking under eighteen. And um, so they're being naughty and breaking the law. And um, he he was fingering her, and that was the first time she'd ever been like penetrated anything downstairs ever. And there was a little bit of blood, and she was like, "Well, that's that's that. Then that's my virginity." And then, being 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 my friend that she was, uh, she then went to her other friend who was sleeping. I'm doing air quotes here because she thought she was asleep, and she wasn't. She heard everything, um, which I'm sure played into her nightmares quite significantly. <laughs> oh, but she went and got her friend. And was like, "Look, I did the thing. Mm. I did the virginities. It's done." Mm. So that was her losing her virginity, and that goes back to that hymen thing. Yeah, yeah, mm, and say. it's like. Okay, like, first off, if there's a little bit of blood, that's not normal. And it shouldn't be considered normal. It's sad that your friend thought yeah. that was normal. Yeah, I think that was she was like, oh, that must that mean normal. it's done and my virginity is done. Like, <laughs> so done. it wasn't penis and vagina. Tick. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah finished with that. Also, over. yeah, just like a, like a side note on that. Like, I wasn't there. I don't know the situation. But if you are going to finger someone or digitally penetrate them, as if you want to Google the sex ed term for it, Cut your friggin' fingernails. Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah dude. Clean yeah. underneath them and cut them, and it's like otherwise yes. this stuff happens. The amount of friends I've had been scratched because people do not take oh. care. It's it is not, the worst place to fun. be scratched. Oh, really, it's very painful. It's not good. And they do not heal easily. T- okay, t- oh, no. tickle it. Don't don't scratch it. Yeah. Just tickle it. Oh goodness! Goodness uh. gracious! <laughs> goodness gracious me! Just like a just like a good old sex tip. There is like always mm. just just cut your fingernails. That's why you, you'll never see any lesbians with really long nails. And if they do have really long nails, they're not doing anything with those. <laughs> no, I, okay. So there are lesbians. There are people, women who love women, or people who have sex with people who have vaginas, or you know, broaden that out yeah. with long nails. <laughs> and like I've heard that there are ways that of getting around that, but I haven't personally experienced it. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm confused. I'm just I just don't want to like have the blanket term like all lesbians have short nails thing because I know it's not like that. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> Some elusive thing. Yeah, it, it is. It's a mystery. It's one of those like queer sex mysteries that I'm still mm. figuring out. Yeah. One day. I think this is this is also a queer sex mystery. Um, it's like just sexual activity that isn't penetrative, especially because I don't know. Do you guys feel like? All porn is basically penetrative sex, and then that's how it's... Yeah, when, pretty much. Where do you find a porno that isn't eventually yeah. leading up to penis and vagina? Yeah. If Even it's gay not porn. A, like, yeah, well, gay and lesbian porn is very, like, I feel like because it's produced by straight people a lot of the time, it's very, like, yeah, focused on penetration. Yeah, for sure. It just... Yeah, it definitely gives you that idea. I mean, if, to go back to the idea of, like, losing your virginity, whatever, like, when... When I was younger, the I like oral sex and everything like that was like a side thing. Yeah, as in being young and having not having that knowledge as well was like, oh, you know, like that's doesn't count. That's not yeah. part of the deal because oh, the amount of times I heard, yeah. oh, yeah, we've done everything but yeah, it's literally oh. that. It's like oh, we've done everything but you know the, the final shebang. You know, yeah. like you've done we, haven't, we haven't gone all the way. Acknowledge your accomplishments. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the base things. thing, the like you know first, yeah, second, yeah, third. yeah. 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 
it's an mm. interesting thing. Yeah. And it's it's up to you to I guess it's up to everyone to decide what virginity is for them and what decide to decide what counts. Yeah. As yeah, losing your virginity. So. But I'm yeah, I'm even starting to get comfortable with how many times I've said the phrase losing your virginity instead of like framing it as a moving forward into the future thing, like first sexual experience. Because mm. that, for me, that just seems friendlier. It's just like, it's yeah. not losing your virginity, it's your first time. Yeah. And that's mm. equally as special and maybe like just sounds a little bit less messed up, I guess. Yeah, agreed. I think it's a lot more, there's less judgment around yeah. it, I think. Yeah. And it's more ambiguous as well. So you can say, oh, yeah, my first time was, you know, really good. You don't need to be like, yeah, um, the first time I was penetrated um, yeah. by a penis, um, you know, it was really good. <laughs> the like, first time I was know, penetrated by a penis. <laughs> just really matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah I, feel, I feel like it's a little more ambiguous and it, it, yeah. Yeah. it makes things just more comfortable. It's so so, like when people yeah. say hook up, oh, yeah, we hooked up. You're like, okay, that could be anything. It could be you could anything. Have done anything. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like, it means something you. different well, to everyone. And yeah, I, I guess I don't want to like abolish any words. I just want to like maybe add some like noise to the signal of their meaning. Like yeah. that. It's like, oh, we hooked up. It's like, what what does that mean? Yeah. Like, you know, it means different things to different people. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I think sex is like a little bit ambiguous sometimes anyway. So it should be more yeah. ambiguous. That's what I'm advocating for. Yeah. Strong position on ambiguous sex. Did we have sex or not? No, that's awful. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's more like it's more like ambiguous. It's more like ambiguous as in sex isn't just penetration. It's it's so many different things of Mm. giving each other pleasure and consensually. Like if you have a sexual relationship with someone, what does that entail? What does that mean? Lots of different Mm. wacky, fun, pleasurable things. (laughs) Have you guys ever had like a friends with a friend with benefits? I have. Yeah. Um, How did that go? Cause I've I, had a couple. I had one, and I had one for like two months when I was eighteen, yeah. and he gave me a piece. Oh shit! I well, know. It was so rude. Yeah, that's I know. He had like a thing on his lip, and I was like, you "What's that?" That's and not he was like, oh, no. I was like, "What's that?" And he was like, oh, "I was mucking around at work, and I like bumped it or whatever, and like oh. fully lied to me, and then went down on me." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like the biggest, one of the biggest breaches of trust in my life, honestly. It's not a very friendly thing to it's, do. That's not friendly. That is not a friend or benefit. I unfriended him for the lack of benefits and the lack of friendship. Yeah. So one of one of my friends with benefits ended in a relationship, which eventually ended obviously and then um yeah the other one was fine we just like hooked up occasionally and it was all sweet ate chips yeah we just ate chips and had sex every now and then so it's like less pressure than yeah it's it's a like it's one of my favorite kinds of a relationship to be in because it's like so much less pressure than uh like a one night stand where you kind of Mm. almost want to preserve the image of the person that you pretended to be in order to get laid in the first place like when you've got like you know you're really self-conscious about oh there's makeup and my hair i really cannot relate i was like i can't be like hanging around here in my undies i can totally relate relate. i'm a piece of trash but you can wear your pajamas in front of a friend with benefits for significant periods of time and it doesn't feel weird Mm. true Anyway, I think we should head to a song now. I think we should. Agreed. I think we should. This is Celibate Life by The Shins. Wonderful. Well done. Good choice, Paul. Again. No worries. This is Naughty Rude. Welcome back to the Naughty Rude show here on Sin Nation. That song was... Help me out. We Look Like Giants by Death Cab Cutie. I got there. It's fine. I was staring into space, looking at the wrong thing. I have heard that a for lot. a really long time. As I love well. Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah, me too. I was literally like, I know these voices. Yeah. yeah. And before that was Celibate Life by The Shins as well. Um, you're on Naughty Rude. 
Um, I'm Erin, and I'm here with Jay, Amrit, and Paul. Hi. And tonight we've been talking a lot about virginity. A lot about virginity. Virginity. A lot about it. And we've debunked some things. We've shared some stories. And we're going to be chatting a little bit now about what it means to go back on losing your virginity. Being born again. Yeah. Like, like go back in time like a Benjamin Button thing. and Like, like a born again virgin <laughs> instead of... Yeah. 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 So we got this question in, essentially, from Tumblr. Thank you for this question. Lots of people believe in second chances, namely me. Do you guys think a first time can sort of be forgotten and just pretend the next time is the first time? Absolutely. 100%. Yes. You know it. Yeah, you totally. Absolutely know um, it. it gums under everything that we've been saying all night tonight is that y- you have the right to qualify what is losing your virginity or rather your first yeah. sexual encounter. And that might not necessarily be your actual first encounter in, you know, factually, but you have, and that can be like, you have the right to change who that person is that you had that first sexual encounter with you have the right to change what actually qualifies that first sexual encounter yeah like i i guess like there's a fine line there with like rewriting your own history and acknowledging something that has like objectively happened to you as well yeah like there's stuff that's happened to me in my life that i would prefer to forget absolutely but i'm not gonna like walk around pretending like they didn't happen yeah it's just like defining it for yourself like obviously if it was a really rubbish experience you can just go oh, you know, like, it doesn't matter kind of thing. And, like, and I guess that's kind of the deal. It's, like, if the first time wasn't such a big deal, mm. this wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, if, if it is just, if it just comes down to it being, like, a shitty first time, then you have every right to kind of rewrite that. Um, if it's something that is potentially a bit more serious and something that you would just rather let go of and forget, then um, that might be something worth considering. Um, content warning could potentially be bringing up things about like sexual assault and sexual violence here. Yeah, I think this segment might get a little heavy, so if you want to tune out for the next 10 minutes or so, that might be uh, advisable if you have triggers around that kind of thing. If you want to stick around, you have support available to you at all times with 131114 for Lifeline. You've got one eight hundred five five one eight hundred for Kids Helpline. Um, these ones are helpful to 1300 224636 for Beyond Blue and Q Life as well, one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. And of course we have one eight hundred respect the sexual assault and domestic violence helpline. And you can also go online at headspace.org.au or Casa is um, mm. one that's been recommended to me a lot of times. I think that's casa.org. I think it's casa.org. Everyone yeah. has Google, so just yeah, center for something to do with sexual assault. It's very good. Yeah. Um so, uh yeah, if your first time was a rape, mm. uh doesn't count. Yeah. Rape is not sex. Nah. That's not it's not the same thing and you can just chuck that one in the bin of experiences that I wish I didn't have and that don't count as losing my virginity. Yeah, for sure. And it's something that's happened to quite a few people that I know, and it's really bad. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's not something pleasant at all, and if it is something that you want to talk about, then you have every right to, and I encourage people who have had a negative first sexual experience to come and speak to people, talk to your friends and your family, and talk to all these support services that are available to you because it's not okay. It's really not a shit thing. It is really a shit thing to go through on your own. So, yeah, I would just put that out there, putting some good energy in the air. Um, Yeah, yeah, you have every right to kind of take that experience and turn it around, and you can either make it something... uh, It's like anything that happens in life, isn't it? It's a bit like if you have 
the opportunity to make that something that can build you into a stronger person moving forward and you can learn from it. Um, you have every right to walk away and forget it. It's again, it's the same as what does virginity mean to you? You know, it's whatever you want it to be. And if it's something that you don't want to be associated with, then by all means, you have every right to let it go. Build your own narrative. Mm. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And yeah, I don't know. I, I worry about telling people to do that too much because it's like we are basically just big bags of meat walking around with a memory. Mm. But if there's something you'd prefer not to have in your memory, then it's mm. okay to just kind of move forward and like even just acknowledge that you don't need to tell everyone about that experience. Oh, not at all. If someone asks you, are you a virgin or are you not? And you have this like unsureness of like I had this experience and it really wasn't what I wanted but I guess I'm not a virgin anymore like you don't have to actually lay that on them no like you can just be like mm, nanya <laughs> nanya <laughs> nanya like nanya mm. yeah that's pretty much all that I have to say about that one Anything I else? yeah I agree with both you guys cool I think I think yeah like first times sometimes are just yeah it's just like a social construct so if you think the first time wasn't so great you can just have another first time yeah. Afterwards. Yeah, totally. If it's, you can have multiple first times. You can. you can have first times with other people as well. You can be like, that was my first time with person A. Mm. Then yeah. I'll have a first time with person B, mm. C through to Z. However, you know. I like to call them by see. their names. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. But person B is acceptable if you can't remember. Yes, true. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I think we might play one more song and then we'll be leaving you on the other end of that, unfortunately. Sadly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this song coming up here is Tattoo Love Boys by Pretenders. Ooh. Yeah, I picked this one. Yeah. I, love I, just, I really Love wanted Boys. to play this song. I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I was squeezing it in. I really want to play it. Fantastic. Yeah, this is Naughty Rude. That was Tattooed Love Boys by Pretenders, and this is Naughty Rude. We are just about out of time. Thank you for joining us tonight on the show. Yes, um, we've been here. Um, you can hear Erin talking. I'm Jay. If you're just <laughs> tuning in now, it's uh, unfortunate that we are leaving you. We yeah. have to go. Amaret is here and yes, Paul is here. I'm Do you here. guys have any final thoughts? Well, from- it's really okay if you've just tuned in because it's going to be a podcast and you'll want to listen to it. Obviously. If you're finishing the podcast amazing. now, um, thanks Bye. for coming to the listen podcast. <laughs> and listen to another yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you can, because you can stream it on Spotify and you can just like listen to them back to back. It's on yeah. Omni, it's on iTunes. And why would you not want to? Catch listen, up with us. Listen to all of Sin's amazing content. It's podcasts. all on Spotify. All of, all it. Just of type it is on Sin Spotify. Media and you'll the find thing. all of it. There's an entire episode on Spotify, which is just Paul and Erin, and trust me, it is worth it. It's called Couples Night, uh, and I really want to plug you. it because I enjoy that episode. No. <laughs> just you all wait. We've got something exciting in the works. They're going to break up live on air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's for the finale. That's the finale. So get ready. <laughs> for this week, we've been talking about virginity. This has been the Naughty Rude Show. Please stay tuned to Sin, and we're going to play out this song, which is... Do You Remember the First Time by Pulp? Oh. Good night. Thank you very much. You can listen to the Naughty Rude Show live, 8 to 10 p.m. every Sunday on Sin Nation. So, so, so skinless.